What's up? Welcome to Faith and Other F-Words Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Martin. I'm a corporate hustler, wellness coach, and honestly, just a girl tired of seeing faith misappropriated. So let's change that. Think of us sitting on my couch, drinking wine, having those deep, raw, intellectual combos only have with your closest, smartest girlfriends. No scripture verses, no condemning, no regurgitation of doctrine. Believe me, I'm still trying to figure it out too. But at the end of the day, I know it's these combos that bring us closer to discovering and fulfilling the freaking purpose God's placed into your soul. You ready to drop some F words? Let's go. Ow, ow. We are back, and I'm so pumped to be recording this episode. Like I mentioned last week, had a bit of some health stuff going on, and I've gotten behind, but we are producing two more episodes this week to put us back on track with my goal for the year, so very excited. Uh, I had this episode, today's topic, in my back pocket for recording, and I have just been thinking about it a lot. Um, Also... I got my microphone back, and I'm so happy about that because the quality of sound is just so much better with a real mic. So apologies for some of the sound quality in the past couple of episodes, but done is better than perfect, and hopefully the content has been good enough that you don't care that much about the sound quality, but we're back, figured it all out. Make sure you update your Macs, you guys, your MacBooks. Um, So today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about where I've been with my faith journey. I feel like I've been in a season of self-forgiveness because I felt like in the past like two, three-ish years, um, I haven't really been worthy of having like deep intimacy with God. Maybe not three years, that's probably excessive, but definitely in the last like let's say 12 to 18 months, I was kind of feeling like me and God weren't super tight and that's okay, you know, but it still is part of the journey, right? And I think so many of us feel what I'm going to talk about today. And I think it's just natural and normal of human emotion to have feelings of shame and inadequacy and, uh, worthiness, especially when it comes to something as big and grand as God. And I think it's easy to get lost in our humanity and not in our spirituality. Uh, So yeah, there have just been some things that I'd done in the past that just made me feel like I needed to put distance with God because I wasn't really ready to have those hard conversations. And they were or are feelings of just inadequacy with God, you know, thoughts of God, I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. I'm a fucking sinner. I've done bad shit. I do bad shit. I I read the Bible. I know the lessons. I know what you want me to do. I've been given the map and the wisdom, and yet I don't take the directions. And on top of that, it's not like I don't know. No, I know. And I'm deliberately not doing the things that I know you told me I should be doing. And that can feel really heavy when you're trying to align your morality and your spirituality and also your humanity all into one. It it can feel heavy. And what I've realized is that this is really a journey of self-forgiveness instead of like God's persecution or God's wanting of repentance or any of that like Old Testament God is mean stuff but really more like New Testament stuff of 
hey, it's okay. God knows that you're going to be fine. Don't be so damn hard on yourself. The pursuit of perfection is everlasting. You're never going to get there. Unless you're God, you're never going to be perfect, and he knows that. So why do we let all of these negative thoughts and heavy self-doubt, heavy self-critical thinking and not critical thinking, self-criticizing thoughts and judgmental thoughts and feelings of inadequacy and feelings of not being good enough take over. And that's really what I've been exploring. And I feel like we label ourselves, I think, internally as like, you're either being a good Christian or a bad Christian. We don't ever think of it of just being Christian. But yet the Bible is full of stories of people being just Christian. And there's full of stories of people being, quote, bad, right? And yet God still chooses them and redeems them and uses their story for good. But when it comes to our own lives and our own stories, somehow we forget that and it gets lost. (laughs) And I'm not one to say that the devil or the enemy, I don't like using those terms because I think it gives way too much power to the devil because you're basically equating the devil to being at the same table as God, which then literally makes them equals, which is not true. But I do think that negativity, negative energy, negative thoughts take over, and that's not good, right? I know I'm oversimplifying it, but I've just been really pondering those thoughts and thinking about this concept for a while as I kind of take myself out of my own story and just look at it as a whole. And I've been reminded of how God uses people in the Bible when they don't feel like they're good enough. And he does it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You guys, when Moses was called by God to lead the Israelites, he knew he lacked the ability. He literally told God, like, "Mm, I don't think so. I think you got the wrong guy. Like, I don't, don't, um, you're picking the wrong person. Like, I'm not the one. I'm not eloquent. I'm not a leader. Like, I'm not the dude for this job. And God was like, haha, that's cute. Shut the fuck up. You're going to do what I say. And God was like, oh, shit. Okay. So Moses was 40 years old, according to Acts, when he left Egypt. And then he was in the desert for 40 years before he got to the promised land, which means he was 80 years old before he reached the promised land. 80 years old. I'm 34 years old right now. I know plenty of people who are younger than me and a little bit older than me, but I don't know where we got this concept that we are supposed to be fucking awesome and perfect and get all our shit together at a certain age, at a young age, at middle age, at even like late age, when there are plenty of stories where people have been called at very late stage of their life by God to get shit done and to get it right. But somehow we put all of this pressure on ourselves and think that we're not good enough, that we're sinners, that we're bad, that we're blah, 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 blah. Insert every negative thought you've ever had about yourself in relationship to God and your faith and think, yeah, I'm doing it wrong. There's so many examples in the Bible that tell us otherwise, you guys. Let's take it back even a little bit further. In Genesis, it says that Noah, you know, from Noah's Ark, he was 600 years old when the floods came. 600 years old. Can you imagine if we lived 600 years, you would have to deal with this entire, like, 
mental, spiritual, emotional, everything that you have going on in your soul right now for that long. I'm so happy we don't live that long. But goes to prove my point that God picked people at various parts of their lives and a lot of them late in life before their story was made into something good and God used them in powerful ways. And that to me just brought me so much uh, relief. Like, I don't have to have it all figured out just because I'm 34 and I have access to wisdom. I'm dumb. I'm human. I'm going to mess up more times. And I'm going to make the same mistakes sometimes twice. And that's okay. On top of that, in addition to Moses and Noah, there's even more stories of God calling the, quote, unqualified. There's Joseph, there's David, there's Solomon, there's Esther, there's Ruth. There's so many. And that brought me to this idea of self-forgiveness and having that grace to understand that it's okay. So today, I'm hoping that you'll join me in forgiving yourself and forgiving myself for making mistakes, for getting things wrong. Accepting the fact that to have error is human and to forgive is divine. So the act of making mistakes is human, but the act of self-forgiveness is God-given. Isn't that just so beautiful? So I have been working through a lot of this self-work, and I have been realizing that there's a lot of trauma that I haven't come to terms with or I am just coming to terms with. And I was listening to a podcast that spoke to me about this in in terms of self-forgiveness and understanding how your childhood and your experiences and all of the, everything that's ever happened to you in in life up until this point, how that shapes you and how that can impact your self-worth, your confidence, the way that you approach things, your conflict resolution, all of those things, and how that's tied to self-forgiveness. Because if you cannot forgive yourself, you're not going to be able to tie in to all of the other gifts that you have, and you're not going to be able to practice that same compassion with other people if you can't practice it with yourself. I mean, you can, but it's way harder, right? Uh, And this was the quote that came from the podcast I was listening to. Many times we don't know our trauma because it's not ours. Yeah, long pause because I'll say it again. Many times we don't know our trauma because it's not ours. But that doesn't mean that we still (laughs) aren't feeling the effects of it. And that's what I'm on a journey on right now. So it's like a two-parter of... Dealing with the shit that I know that I have created and I have done and the wisdom I have not taken from God and also dealing with the trauma that is not mine that I'm still having consequences of and dealing with and pairing that all together to give myself grace to be like, whew, man, life is hard. Being an adult is hard. Caring and healing and dealing with all of these things is hard And you don't have to pursue perfection with God. He's not asking you to do that. There's nowhere in the Bible that perfection is something that you have to obtain. But yet, somehow, so many of us are trying to do that. And one thing I don't think we realize enough or put on a pedestal enough is the fact that 
the fall is where the greatest learnings happen. We all want to have the wisdom. We all want to be the hero, but we never take into account how many times that hero fell, how many times that entrepreneur, that successful person was at rock bottom before they got to their heroism. Is that the right way to say it? Yeah. We don't take that into consideration. Could you try again? Surrey says hello, you guys. I don't think we take that into consideration. And we hear it, we see it, we watch the TED Talks, we listen to the successful people, and as an idea, we can conceptualize that. Sure, yeah, well, yeah, you know, you have to have failure to have success, but it goes in one ear and out the other. But the the actual thing to get here and to actually feel is that that is a necessity. It is not a nice to have. You cannot have the wisdom and you cannot have the successes without those falls so why are we putting all this pressure on ourselves to not experience those but rather we should have the acceptance to know that that is a part of life that is a part of our humanity and not judge those moments i'm getting ahead of myself here but what i wanted to share with you is this quote it's from the bible but it's a good quote god chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So basically, God uses dumb shit (laughs) to shame wise people, and he uses weak things to shame strong people. Obviously, that's a very overgeneralized summary and paraphrasing of that. But I just love that that's actually in the Bible, that God uses things to break our paradigms we think we know it and then boom god's like what up happened right with jesus with the pharisees the pharisees thought that they were all high and mighty and they had it all figured out and you know the old testament they knew that the messiah was coming and they knew exactly what it was going to be like all of a sudden god's like well bam nope not what you thought he's a carpenter he hangs out with prostitutes hangs out with fucking lepers he ain't hanging out with the rabbis and the high priest Mm -mm, none of that bam let me show you what's up same thing with us It's not going to be the pastor. I mean, maybe it'll be the pastor. But most of the time, God moments and life-changing things are not the person that is standing at the podium giving the sermon. Sure, pastors do great things. But that doesn't mean that normal people like you and I also can't do great things. God breaks that paradigm that we have of it's got to look like this. It's got to be this little box. When in reality, there's so many odd shapes and sizes in the Bible of stories of triumph and God using them in amazing ways. And we still fixate on the perfect little box. I don't want to be the box. I want to be my cool, wiggly, (laughs) curvy, vivacious self that God uses in my imperfect way. And that's okay. That's what he made me like this. He knew when I came out, I was going to be a handful. You know, he's not shocked. That's why he sent Jesus so that I could have the grace and the compassion to fucking get it right eventually. But I have my own story. And part of my story is compassion. But I think I heard this wonderful quote about what compassion actually means. So many of us, I think, confuse compassion with sympathy. But really, compassion is more like empathy right? Compassion is knowing you need to change, but loving yourself while you're going through that change. And empathy is putting yourself in the shoes of the person going through that and just sitting with them and loving them and supporting them through whatever the thing is. And having empathy for yourself 
is just witnessing and just sitting with it versus passing judgment or critique or any sort of any label to what you're going through instead of just acknowledging where you're at in the moment and just sitting with yourself and being like, hey, it's hard. This is a hard time. I think part of our self-forgiveness journey is exhibiting that compassion and that empathy and acknowledging that this is just a moment of our story, right? Your entire life story is not the moment that you're in. When you're going through a hard time and you're not happy and you have this whole journey of self-forgiveness, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the moment and think that this is your story, right? It can it, it can be it can be so overwhelming to be like, oh my God, I got laid off from work or I got broken up with or I posted something really inappropriate on social media or I said something that wasn't PC and you get stuck in that moment and you think that that is going to now label you and that's like, shit, that's my life, right? And you can take that in multiple ways. And we also do it on the opposite side. You have a fantastic moment and you can let it go to your head and think that that's your whole life story. Oh, I finally hit this milestone. Now I can sit back because this is who I am. It's like, no, you still got to do it day in and day out, right? It's the same thing over and over. You still have to keep practicing it. That's why there's so many times in spirituality where they say it's a practice. Because you can't just have a moment in either direction, which is beautiful, right? Because it allows us to have redemption every single day and it, allow, it allows you to craft your story any way that you want. We're just in a moment of writing our story. It's crazy to me how many times in the Bible people aren't called by God to do things until later of their life. Or they ignore God's call for a while before they finally accept it. So why does it So why is it that we think we're supposed to be perfect or that it's even possible? See, God is so smart. He knows we're not perfect. That's why he sent Jesus to help us out, right? Cuz we need Jesus. We needed him to come help us cuz we're fucking idiots and we wouldn't have been able to do this without Jesus coming to save us from all of our sins cuz otherwise we'd be fucked right now. <laughs> right? Your story would be, your moment would define you and you'd be screwed. Like, oh, you fucked up, you sinned, you're done, going to hell. But no, we got the gift of Jesus to help us, to save us from that so that we can have grace and we can get a second chance to rewrite this story so that God can call us at any time of life and that even if we ignore the calling, we'll get another chance. We're going to get multiple chances because God's always going to find ways to reach us and we're always going to be designed to live our purpose. We literally are not able to fulfill our purpose without God and without Jesus, but he knows that we're going to make mistakes. And really, the only person who needs forgiveness is us, right? We're the only people who have to practice self-forgiveness. Sure, Asking God for forgiveness is a nice gesture, but I think really it's a little bit superficial because if you don't accept the self-forgiveness that's attached with the forgiveness that you ask God for, you can't move forward in lessons and in wisdom, right? You become paralyzed. It's like it's like a little kid asking mom and dad, hey, I'm sorry I did this. But then the little kid goes to their room and they cry and they're overwhelmed with shame and guilt and embarrassment. And then the next time the opportunity comes for them to take the right course of action, they do nothing because now they're petrified of doing the wrong thing because they haven't 
accepted the forgiveness that was granted to them. They weren't able to accept that gift and give themselves self-forgiveness so they do nothing. And how often do we do that ourselves? We miss out on the opportunity because we're petrified of making a mistake again instead of accepting the gift of self-forgiveness and being like, all right, next time I have that opportunity, I'm going to make the right decision. God's just fucking like every time I talk about this stuff, God is so smart. He figured this out. God doesn't actually give a shit if you're sorry or not, right? Because he knows you're the one that's going to suffer if you don't accept the forgiveness. And if you don't take the action towards the forgiveness, at the end of the day, God's life is going to go on just fine without you. But he's here whenever you're ready, you know? So I want to take a little bit from the Buddhist spirituality where they teach you to like live in the moment, be present. Jay Shetty has a great podcast and he was a monk for a while. uh, And I was listening to a podcast about self-forgiveness for this episode. And he talks about how when he was a Buddhist monk, uh, you meditate and you are living in the moment of everything. And what you do is you just witness your moments and you don't give them a label. They're not bad. They're not good. They're just moments. You are just in the act of being. And I think that's applicable for us as well. Stop labeling your experiences as being a bad Christian or a good Christian. Because the moment you label it, you can't allow that experience to become anything else. Labeling is just a a category for our mind to simplify it. But the moment that you label something, it turns it into a long-term concept that is difficult to break. So the moment you have a sin and you label that as a bad thing, you can no longer take that experience and find the learnings from it. It makes it that much harder because now you've just associated that experience with you being a sinner. Instead of maybe looking at the situation as what good can come from that? What wisdom can I extrapolate from that to share that story with somebody else, to provide testimony to somebody else, to not do it again. What lessons? You can't reflect on it. You can't learn from it because you've now just labeled it that it's bad. And then maybe you just put it in the closet and you don't want to open it up. Right? So what if we just allowed ourselves to experience the moment and know that they are not definitive? You just experience them. You re-experience them. And then if there's a pattern enough there, you can just pencil it. You can pencil it with a label if you want, knowing it's not a permanent marker. Because if it's a permanent marker, then it can't change, right? And you can't learn from it. Because how many times do we evolve in our life where you do something as a a young kid and then you grow up and you're a teenager and you look back and you're like, man, that was really dumb. And then you become an older adult and you look back at stuff you did as a teenager, you're like, man, that was really dumb. But in the moment, you didn't know, right? You just penciled it. It's not a permanent marker. You're not labeled an idiot because of what you did when you were 12. The problem I have with cancel culture is I really would like it to be accountability culture because then that allows us to have growth. But if you just cancel somebody, then what is that telling us as a society? You can't make mistakes. You're never allowed to make mistakes. Because if you will, then we're going to shut you up and you can't redeem yourself. Everything gets taken away from you. I personally don't like that. I understand that there are consequences for your action, but I personally think it would be better for us to have a rehabilitative society versus one that ostracizes people for their mistakes. Imagine if our jails were more rehabilitative than they were. I don't even know what to call them. Fucking not humane. 
uh, how different society would be, that you're allowed to make mistakes. Imagine what toxic masculinity would look like if men were allowed to make mistakes and they didn't have to have this like patriarchal stance that they are the provider and they have to be masculine and they cannot be emotional and they blah, 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 right? Like, what would that look like? What would the matriarchy look like if women didn't have to be perfect and be told to be nice and not to be bossy and like all of these things. I'm going on a tangent, but what was I going with this about being definitive and not penciling everything in, right? Like we're allowed to make mistakes in life and knowing and accepting that we are going to make mistakes over and over and over again, I think helps us build a better and stronger relationship with God because instead of feeling shame and feeling embarrassment and feeling guilt, which me as a Catholic felt a lot of, in my upbringing in school, like that, that was the tool used to bring you closer to God was fear and manipulation. Because if you don't do these things, you're going to feel these naughty things, fear, shame, embarrassment. So you better be good. And that doesn't bring you closer to God. But knowing and accepting and having the grace and knowing that this is a part of our humanity allows us to then turn to God just like you would a father or a caregiver and ask for advice and be humbled and Be seeking wisdom knowing that you are imperfect. Because guess what? God hasn't put a permanent marker on you and labeled you anything other than good. He's made you in his image and his likeness. So why the fuck would you think anything otherwise? I hope that you'll take today and exhibit a little bit of self-healing, a bit of self-forgiveness, and really just thanking God for sending Jesus and giving us grace and helping us to move forward and be better humans and forgiving us for all the stupid shit we do as humans and loving us regardless along the way. I hope you have a great day. Talk to you later.